welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. I've just been challenged lately um, just about yeah, ch- church and our perception of it and what we're believing for. And so I think we can, I'm not sure how many people heard the message last week. Um, it was sort of just off the cuff for about 30 minutes, but obviously there's stuff brewing in me that I shared, felt it was uh, the Lord wanting to encourage us. Um, but yeah, I, I shared with a few of our leaders during the week and um, wrote some statements out um, to remind me of what I'm about and remind ourselves about what we're about and then convey that to um, a bunch of people who want to run with us and it's not just us it's you the us is me and you and you and me it's an us thing it's not just a Lee and I thing like this is the church isn't in our name it's not a stacking up coin for a later day this is we're separate from the mortgage and the land like we're our names it's not us it's not a Justin and Lee thing it's a Echo Church thing, it's a you and me thing. It's a you and I. The, the ours, whenever Lee and I use the word ours, it's not ours. It's ours. And that's important. And again, it's a constant growing of people feeling that. And we'll mess up and, and stumble and trip. And that's why we really value brave communication and, and honesty and a culture of feedback. And, hey, and, and the great thing is you're only respons- you are only responsible for how you feel. So the great goal of communication is sharing how you feel. It doesn't mean the other person meant it. But then it's an invitation into some understanding from that person on how you feel. Because often when we talk about communicating and sharing, it's about bringing a case against that person and all this ammunition and you did this and you did that and you did this. But the beautiful thing about Jesus and about the Father and about the Holy Spirit is it's an invitation for us to share how we feel and then that gives an invitation into the person you're sharing with to understand and then connection grows deeper because there's understanding. Oh, I didn't actually mean it like that. My, and, then, and then there's a heart connection and this amazing journey that takes place with people. So this whole church thing, it's complicated. But I, I wrote down some things this week. It's complicated because we've all got different ideas. It's complicated because there's so many churches It's complicated because there's so many denominations in the same suburb. It's complicated because there's there's like five churches within three minutes. And it's not having a go at any of us. But it's just, sometimes it can just get a bit funky and strange. And we've got to refocus our understanding around what God's idea for church is. Because we can just come into the machine of church and it's what we do. We tick a box and we just... We just get into the machine at church and church becomes our, the middleman between us and God. And it was never meant to be like that. Church is not your mediator. Jesus is your mediator. Verbatim Bible. Jesus, the man, Christ Jesus, is your mediator. And I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff this week, so I think I'm just going to share that. I just, I, just, I just wrote down, Lee and I are not interested in building a big church. We're interested in building big people. I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not, I'm not interested in, like, I, I honestly, we're not trying to make the Sunday service your highlight for the week. We, we want to have great times together. We want to experience the Lord corporately together. We want to agree together. Matthew 18, 18, there's power in agreeing about who he is. We want to gather. We want to acknowledge. We want to agree. We want to mourn with those who mourn. We want to celebrate with those who are celebrating. We want to pray for people during hard times. We want to cheer on people that are getting married. We want to, we want to do that together, acknowledge. We want, to do, we want to dedicate babies together to the Lord and prophesy over who God says that they are. And we get to cheer on together and watch them grow together. We want, to, we want to celebrate together and witness together, being in the room together, people being baptised and making a powerful decision about who Jesus is to them. We want to do all that, but we, I, I'm not interested in trying to make this service the highlight of our congregation's week. If this is, if this is the highlight, if this is the highlight of Godness time, God time, spiritual time, it's a worry. And I was praying, I was praying, I, I love church. Love church. The power in it, the, 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 the way that God's using it and, and, and bled and died for it. He uses that language a lot. The Christ, the body, us, we are the church. But I'm, I don't want to, my goal is not to, our goal is not to build a big church. I'd love to lead a big church because that means lots of people have been impacted Great. It's a consequence. It's, it's, it's from God doing great stuff that people will come and hear and be impacted by the lives of the people in the room. That's awesome. But I found myself praying for about 30 minutes in the dark. I wasn't trying to be weird. It was just that I was moving some stuff and the lights weren't on. So I wasn't trying to be spiritual by praying in the dark. It just happened to be that way. <laughs> but the lights were off and I was praying. Um, and, and this is what I prayed. I said, I said, hey, God, I would encourage you to pray how you talk. Is that okay? Like, just, just be normal. Um, you don't have to put on a special voice or say special things. He loves you so much. Um, <laughs> so I said, hey, God, I, I don't, I don't want to pray prayers like, I don't want us as a church, I don't, want, I don't want to personally pray prayers like God pour out your spirit with the mindset and the overarching thought that he would do a whole bunch of stuff for us. His hands, you know, God do this, do that, we need you, come move corporately over us, through us, in this room, in this, on the Sundays, in the small groups, do it, yes, do it, we need you, move. And we could preach on that and make that an acceptable message and contextually it does fit into New Testament thoughts and themes and truths and the heart of Jesus and the heart of the Father for us and, and prayer and, and supplication, petition, requests and declarations and God moving, yes. But to have that as the primary prayer of Echo Church, I don't want and I found myself praying this, God, I don't want you to do a whole bunch of stuff for us. Oh, and 
And I don't want us to pray the prayer, do a whole bunch of stuff for us through someone else or via someone else. But I found myself praying this. Our prayer and mindset is that, God, you would do a whole bunch of stuff in us. God, I don't want to get stuck in this screaming out for you to pour out your spirit on a room in a corporate setting because it's so easy for an individual person, an individual heart to get caught up in that and miss the personal invitation of encounter and fellowship and building a history with you, God. So I don't want to pray that prayer. I want it to happen, but I don't think the way that I've always thought it's going to happen is actually the way that you intend it to happen because you care more about what you're doing in us than what you're doing for us or even what you're doing among us. Because at the end of the day, we're only accountable for what God does in us and who he is to us, not what he's been doing in a room. And it's a challenging thought. And I said last week, often it's super hard. How are you doing? And we go to external circumstances. I'm doing great, thanks. I went to the tennis. And we we go to level one or two, but there's a development. There's a building a history with the Lord that we're keeping in step with him. And it's not a religious activity. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I'm obligated. I better, I better, I better. No, no, you, you get to build a history with him and learn what works for you. And I found that me walking around here for 30 minutes nonstop praying out loud, actually, I think that might be a tool or a key for me to connect with him on a greater level because over the years, I've been hurt by my own head thinking my time with him needs to be something that he didn't wire me for. Because I'd be five minutes in, get distracted and unlike Lee, not turn it into something good to pray for, but I'd just be absolutely off thinking of something else. Maybe turn the sprinklers on and start fertilising the lawn. <laughs> or repot a cactus or, or whatever. Put on the basketball or the golf. But our prayer and mindset is that God you would do a whole bunch of stuff in us. And it's similar to the message that I shared at the start of the year that the presence of God, that word in Hebrew is panim, and that word presence is, is you can exchange it all the time for face. So it's not about seeking a force or a feeling or a buzz or a breakthrough, but it's about pursuing the face of a perfect father. And the consequence of pursuing a f- the face of a perfect father is that there is an exchange, there is a beholding, and we become what we behold. There's an exchange, there's, a, there's an intimacy, there's a, the word fellowship is, is spirit to spirit, having something in common, a partnership, sharing. There's a sharing with the God of the universe and us individually, developing and building a personal relationship with Jesus. So I don't, I don't know, I think it's a legal prayer, but, but I don't think it's plan A. The prayer is not God send revival. The prayer is God work deep in me so I become revival. Because I tell you what, what happens when everyone says yes to that? Wow. And again, all at different stages, there's no pressure to be at a certain point at a certain time, but there's an invitation for you to be lit up 
by God, acknowledge the cross and the promises and everything that he's done for you, accept them, embrace them, acknowledge them, and then allow him to work in you, to work deep within you, because he's more interested in working in you than he is doing stuff for you. He doesn't want to just sort out problems. He wants to work in you so that he partners fellowship with you to bring solution to it. When the kids drop or smash a bowl, I don't go, get out of the way, we're going to clean it up. I say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And they look at me like, you're going to clean it up. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to clean it up. And Jude's got this thing now. (laughs) Um, I want an ice cream and I want it now. Now. And he does this whole head thing and now. I'm like, we don't do that. Where the heck? Who's he been hanging out with? Um, But it's like, oh, I think we're just, I was going to say screwed then. I won't say that. Um, I think we've messed up. Um, I think we've just messed up a little bit. I'll speak on my behalf. Um, I don't want to say anything on your behalf. But I think I've messed up a little bit in my head, like the whole prayer thing and how it works and what it is. Um, Yeah, like the whole fix-it God stuff. Like he's more into partnership. The finished work of the cross is just remarkable. We could spend 17 hours, oh, silly. We could spend weeks and months talking about it on what actually was put into your account. So the partnership deal for you and him is that he's like, when something happens, he's more like, with you, present with you, but he's more like, oh, what do you want to do about it? Rather than present him a list and watch him move. And then often if he doesn't do it exactly how we want it, we're upset and we defer hope. But he wants to partner with us and be close. We're one always, but the feeling of being close with him is determined by our fellowship. The feeling of that closeness and that oneness that can never be separated because of the cross and our yes to Jesus, the feeling of it, the knowing of it, the security of it is, is actually felt and developed by fellowship, by being with him, by talking, by building a history and a relationship with him. So it's not about God, do this. The problem, see that problem, do it, do it. We want to invite him in corporately. Yes, of course. A a, a plane crash. God, release your peace. I release peace right now in Jesus' name. We, We want to, I'm fumbling through this, but I'm just trying to find some keys for us. It's not fix it. It's not God send revival. It is, but it's it's not the primary prayer. The primary prayer is God work in me. I invite you to to work in my heart, to to change me, even though my spirit's perfect, but my soul, my my will, my mind, my emotions, they're not perfect. They've been redeemed because light and dark can't coexist. I acknowledge they've been redeemed. Body, soul, and spirit, we're redeemed, but but our body and our soul, they're, they're catching up to our spirit. I don't get it all, but there's a process, and it's the renewed mind process. And and the renewed mind is repentance. And repentance means to change the way that you think. So there's a journey, there's a gap 
between the way that he thinks and the way that we think. And the renewed mind journey is all about repentance. And repentance isn't what we've learned it to be. Well, I better repent for that, meaning I'm sorry. No, no, I better, I better change the way that I think about that. I better actually acknowledge the way that he thinks, which is Romans 2.4, the kindness of God leads you to repentance. Kindness is the word grace. So his grace invites you in into an experience with kindness who is Jesus. Love is patient. Love is kind. God is kind. God is love. God is kind. So you get to experience kindness, which allows you to encounter his ways and his word, not just his word, but his ways. And then the spirit of truth leads you into an encounter where you can actually take some time to feel and experience kindness, which is the renewed mind journey and how we become transformed. The prayer is not so much God move among us. The prayer is God move in me. God move in me. God move in me. Are we okay? I just want to share a couple of scriptures about this. God absolutely wants to work through us, uh, in us first. He absolutely wants to work through you. Absolutely. When you see a situation that's impossible, where it's physically, mentally, emotionally, practically, he wants to use you. He wants to move through you. Absolutely. He doesn't just want to fix it. He wants to move through you. You are... The majority of the time, absolutely required in the answering of the prayer you're praying. Doesn't mean you become God, doesn't mean you take on Him and everything that He's about and it becomes weird. No, 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 but He wants to move through you. He wants to give you words of wisdom for impossible situations. He wants to give you words of knowledge for impossible situations. He wants to move through you, the gifts of the Spirit and not rewards for good behaviour. They're gifts, freely available to those that would believe and embrace and apply and practice a bit. Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. For God is working in you. 1 1 Thessalonians, that was uh, Philippians 2.13. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Prophetic people. Um, and, um, And that's not a mock. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is. The word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. He loves working in us. Hebrews 13, 20, 21. This is really, really amazing. I forgot this scripture existed until this morning. Now may the God of peace. No, it's not that one. <laughs> now, now may the God, it might be actually, sorry. Um, it's Hebrews, so you, yeah, sweet. Now may the God of peace through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good, everything good for doing his will. Great, working through us. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And you know this one, it's on a coffee mug or a pillow. 
Ephesians 3.20. Now to him, let's all say it together. Now to him who is able to immeasurably more, to do immeasurably more than we can ask, imagine or think, depending on your translation. But this one, I think we forget this last part. According to his power, that is at work within us, within me. According, yes, God, do it. Imagine more than we can ask or imagine or think. You can do it. Everything. Everything I think you can do and more and more and more and more, immeasurably more. According, though, to the power that is at work within us. According to the power that is work within us. According to the, the allowing the Lord to move and work in us, not just on us or for us or at us or in a nice, great, awesome service or when we're all together going for it, not just in those moments that he does stuff for us, but he's working in us. Those things we want to grow in and get better at and learn and adjust and not because we're no good, but because we're going to grow and hold and handle him more and better when we go out, that we can actually display the character and nature of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm I'm not there, guys, with the 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 holding and living out the character and nature of Jesus. I'm growing and I'm doing better, but it comes from allowing him to do a deep work in us. Is that okay? I need help to articulate this. Thanks, Lee. Really good. Yeah, here we go, okay. I'm not trying to expose the baby, I'm just thinking. <laughs> Love you, little baby. Little Malsy. I won't say that again, sorry. We're not trying to build a big church. We're trying to build big people. We're not trying to make our Sunday service the highlight of our congregation's week. We don't want church to be the middleman between us and God. We're not wanting your, your, your church, the church, our church, your church, to become your only connection point to God. Church is not meant to be the mediator between you and God. Jesus is. And our big goal and dream is to see whole bunch of individuals become confident in who they are and what they carry. We would much rather, again, tension in these statements, they can get weird if we all allow them to. We would much rather see a hundred people spending quality time with Jesus every day where he is invited to do a deep work in us rather than having a powerful two-hour service on a Sunday. I want to have a powerful two-hour service on a Sunday. But if I had to pick one, I'd choose the individuals spending quality time with Jesus every day and allowing God to work in me as an individual because he cares about my heart and everything that I'm about because he wired me and put me together. And I want to learn what he thinks about me. I want to learn and hear from him, not a message only, how he sees me. I need to know how you see me, God. And I get to read about 
the articulation and the definitions through the word about what's been written about you, but it's not just for that. Do you, you know the Bible, but do you know the author? I want to be led into an experience with how you see me. I want to read the Bible and allow the pages to come alive by the Spirit of God and work deep within me. We would rather see Holy Spirit moving through us during the week so that our friends, families and strangers encounter the Lord than just God moving during the service. We plan on and are aiming for both. Absolutely. But my heart and prayer and encouragement to us this morning is that that we wouldn't allow church to become something it's not meant to be the mediator between us because we're just then going back to allowing someone to articulate a whole bunch of stuff for us and we're meant to just follow and do it. And it's not like that. Jesus is absolutely madly in love with you and invested and involved to be with you. If Mitch could jump up, that'd be great. Is that okay? There's something about fellowship, about like God doesn't want us to follow from a distance, just unsure about where we're at with Him. 1 Corinthians 1 9, it says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with His Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Fellowship with Jesus. And Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, he says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And then John says in his final couple of books, he said, the life appeared talking about Jesus. We have seen it and we testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Verse 3, we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us, people, big deal. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus. The Lord is inviting us into fellowship, which isn't just a Christian cliche word. You having fellowship, are you? Make sure you have a fellowship. Don't just hang out with non-Christians. Be sharpened with, by fellowship. We just Words just become so familiar. But there's a fresh invitation into this fellowship, spirit to spirit, heart to heart, sharing, participating with Jesus, with Holy Spirit and with the Father. It's got this word, attached to it, communion. And it's got this word attached to it, partnering, sharing, participation, and contributing. And, it, and it's, it's my great prayer that God would move through me 
and he has and he does. I was in my car, going to get a coffee. Actually, I bought the coffee, had it in the car because there's too many people in the cafe. Um, I just needed some silence. And I saw a lady limping with her trolley. And again, the last three years hasn't been easy to approach people with COVID because that's like a no-no with masks and just weird. People freak out, health crisis. Um, So it's been a bit awkward. And that's like the normal go-to and what I feel like I'm born for um, to just just make Jesus a bit more accessible to people and that he's real and he loves them and he, want to ma- he wants to manifest through signs, wonders and miracles. And I feel like that's really part of the DNA of our church, that the great, what we call an evangelism move, um, evangelism outpouring, whatever. A lot of people come into Christ. I really feel the avenue and the platform for us is going to be through signs, wonders and miracles and the prophetic and... Um, absolutely the message of the cross that they can't be born again without that but um, one of the methods and the and the ways that the Lord has really touched us and ignited us is that it absolutely would be through demonstrations of power and my heart is to not try and make them weird for weird sake or get into some crazy places where everyone's scared and not sure I think we can do it well I think we can actually translate revival well. I think we can translate what God does in this room well. I think we can continually grow and, and get better at articulating who He is and then, and then stepping out in some risks during the week and, and putting Him on display. And had a great chat with a lady. Um, she wasn't very receptive, but you don't know what's going on when she puts her head on the pillow. And she didn't want prayer, but that's okay. I had a word knowledge during the conversation that she was a teacher and just felt that God wanted to honour her for her work of service, that she didn't get any um, um, recognition or thanks for like a couple of decades, and she acknowledged that. Um, so that was pretty cool and pray, said I'd pray for her knee. And there's just something about that that the Lord's stirring in us, that we learn what matters to Him. Like He works in us to show us what matters to Him. So often if we don't allow Him to work in us, we'll have our own perception of what matters to Him and we'll just choose to do a whole bunch of stuff that we think is noble and great and ticks the Christian box. But we have never actually taken the time to spend time with Him to discover what matters to Him. Paul, Paul says, take time to find out what pleases Him. It's powerful stuff. And again, it's not, it's not an intense, harsh pointing the finger at you, you better. You're running out of time. You better do this or else. It's like, oh, he's, his love for you is non-stop, whatever you choose. So I absolutely want God to move through me. And, I, and I've come to the point that I know whenever I see an impossible situation, my prayer is not God, do something. It's God, what do you want to do through me? So I'll message people when I find their name on the news if they've gone through a horrific car accident and it's made, been made public on a current affair. I'll find their name and I'll, Google, I'll search them on Facebook and I'll message them. Some people have responded like a stage four cancer diagnosis. So I just wrote to the lady, said, I just want to start out by saying, I'm, I promise I'm not a weirdo. It's just always like, oh my gosh. But just reaching out, just building a this history with with risk and boldness and learning. I want God to move through me. We've seen too much to stop, far too much to stop. 
and a bit of inconsistency over three years now has hurt my heart a bit with COVID and just with me last year. But I'm just feeling the Lord to absolutely ignite that again. But I don't want to pull the absolute trigger and horn and trumpet on that right now. It will happen and take the opportunity when you see it. But He is absolutely in this season more interested in our yes to Him doing a deep work in us. Because the stuff through us is inevitable if we allow Him and take the time to invite Him in to do something in our hearts. And it's not to say you're rubbish or no good and I've got a full list of junk. I'm not suggesting that. But I know that there is this beautiful invitation for Him to lead you and guide you into who He is all over again. To rediscover prayer. Not just what we've learned about or what a pastor said, even me. What is it? What's prayer? What does it mean to pray? Is it what I've learnt? Is it what I've just conditioned my neural pathways to believe? Or is it maybe something different? Relearning what worship means. That it's not just songs, but it's everywhere. But I don't want to just bypass and say that as a statement because I'm confronted by the song deal. So worship's just everything. No, no, the specificness around worshipping through song that He's designed. So let's relearn that. Let's relearn what it means to live a lifestyle of worship. Let's relearn how we approach and read the Word and not just be conditioned. And just grabbing the prayer and the worship and the Bible when we need Him to move or using it as a something we wield, but rather an invitation into knowing Him and then Him partnering with us and co-labouring with us to work in us, but not just in us, because there'll be a tipping point of Him working in us where we actually start to see solution when we see impossibilities because He's done a deep work in us and we've caught a glimpse of what He's like. I hope I'm making sense. Could we stand to our feet? to how He loves us. We're not going to sing it, but yeah, God's just been doing a big work in me because I've done a whole bunch of stuff to set my life up well with the way that my brain's wired and being diagnosed with ADHD, which is a journey. It's not mine, but I'm navigating it. And I've gone on a journey to just make sure I'm sleeping well and eating well and what supplements are good and learning to, to build some stuff around my life that helped me manage it. But about a couple of months ago, the Lord's just sort of tapped me on the shoulder. Maybe it was the heart and just said, hey, you're doing great with the external stuff and the setting up your life stuff and I'm proud of you, but I'd, I'd love to, to come in again and, and do a deep work. I think if you've been in church long enough, we just go through times that we can hit autopilot. 
people go, yep, cool, great, sweet, see you next week. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, let's, let's keep coming. Let's prioritise being together. Let's not neglect meeting together. I love what Bill says. Often the meeting together or the lack of meeting together is not necessarily division. It's just that we haven't fought enough to be together. But he's absolutely guiding us into rethink and reshape what him in us looks like. So work in us, Jesus. about keeping the main thing the main thing and it's the presence and the face of God that's seen in the life and character and nature of Jesus so Jesus would you lead us in this journey again every person right now would you lead us again what does it look like to be with you to be one with you to to learn how to pray again to learn how to worship again to learn how to read your word again freshness I'm done with religion, with I better. team could come.